Hi, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, and I'm here with Don and Renee Wooster, two very special people in my life, to tell you about our marriage retreat, Reconnect. There was a time when my marriage was at a breaking point, and Don and Renee were a big part of helping my marriage when I wondered if it was beyond repair. And I'm excited to have them as our main speakers at this year's Reconnect Marriage Retreat. Here at Revelation Wellness, we're big believers in families, specifically marriage. Your marriage is a powerful tool for the kingdom. So it's not surprising that it's one of the enemy's primary ways to attack us. He wants to disconnect, divide, and separate the marriage union God has created for your good and His glory. And that's why we're taking marriages back and offering a place for spouses to reconnect, laugh, and rest together. Most of us are hoping to be seen and heard in our marriage, but we just don't really know where to start. So maybe you tried the marriage retreat in the past and they seem kind of cheesy, not that helpful, but we know that life is busy. It's hard to find time to connect between work and kids, but we really believe you deserve somebody in your corner, showing you real life ways to have an awesome marriage. We've been hosting marriage retreats for over 20 years that teach couples how to walk through their hurts in order to reconnect. Reconnect is designed to refresh your marriage, give you tools, hope, and a renewed sense of love for each other. Come as you are and plan to get the time, space, and rest that your marriage needs. During this retreat, you'll learn how to reconnect and renew not only your marriage, but also your thoughts and feelings that reside inside your body. So in true Rev style, we believe that in order to cultivate unity and connection in your marriage, it's important to bring our bodies to the conversation as well. So come, open your hearts and minds to the Lord and His love for you and your marriage. He wants to do a good work through it. Join us for our next Reconnect Weekend. Sign up today. Hey there, friends. We are so glad you have joined us at the Revelation Wellness Podcast today. Welcome. What you just heard was a promo for our upcoming Reconnect Marriage Retreat. And this is it. This week is your final chance to sign up for Reconnect. Reconnect is our virtual marriage retreat and it's happening this weekend. You have until Friday, August 20th at midnight to sign up. Remember, you get to keep the content for a year. So if you can't do it this weekend because you're busy, you can sign up and invest in your marriage on a different weekend. Friends, the Lord wants your marriage to thrive. So take the time you need with your spouse to get away and reconnect. The sign up link is in your show notes and we hope to see you soon. And now, without further ado, another episode of Revving the Word. We know you look forward to these as much as we look forward to creating them for you. So we hope you enjoy. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. All right, take a deep breath. Widen your belly and your lungs as you take this breath. Then maybe shake your hands a bit, shake your shoulders, loosen up, soften up. 
even as we're about to engage muscle, okay? Everyone, let, us, let me remind us that we do this from rest. If you're not rested, don't do this. <laughs> Take a break. Go for a walk. The last thing your nervous system needs is more stress or striving. And in fact, it's been proven that you want to put your body in a stalemate stress it out because <laughs> your body is so made to work for you so if you're struggling to see results there's nothing wrong with having some goals some guidelines you know just the obvious things that you know it's time to cease doing and the obvious things to start doing. It's the kindness of the Lord. But if you do it with the wrong heart and fear or trying to be someone or something you're not, it will fall apart. And that's the grace of God. You don't want anything that he doesn't want. And remember, you get to have the shape, body, any shape you want your body to be you can you get to have as long as you have the heart God wants you to have and we're going to continue our study into Jonah today speaking of having God's heart can I get an amen that that is the goal is that your goal I have to ask you and it's okay if you're like no I really I want God to do this for me. And it's a fair want for those who have orphan hearts, orphan spirits. No one was ever there for you when you were younger. And now that God's here, you need him to do some things. Let's not only share that with you because it's part of my story. I guess my invitation to you is to not judge that. Just be aware of it. And then let's set our mind on Scripture. And here's what we need to remember. The Bible, who God is, what He has said in His Word, is meant to shape our experience. Our experiences are not to shape the Bible. Do we see that? And we see that Jonah, he was, his experiences were shaping God's word. He was not continually being shaped by God's word for his experiences. Now remember this, Jonah's a prophet, but the book itself is seen as a historical book. Not the prophet books like Isaiah, Jeremiah. is beautiful that this book it's this story is in the book God's word God comes to Jonah tells him where to go Jonah goes in the complete opposite direction 
Last week we established where that might be happening in your life. All right? Just get honest with where God says go this way and we say no. Increase your effort a little bit right now. Go ahead. God, we welcome you into this time. Come have your way. As we move our bodies, reshape the condition, the state of our soul, our brain. Change us. We, we're bodybuilders, God. We are your bodybuilders. Build us according to your design. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, if that's real for you, Amen. All right. Jonah 2. Remember, Jonah was spit out onto the dry land. Or, I'm sorry, he wasn't. Jonah was in the belly for three days and three nights at this point, swallowed by a fish. And I love how people have an argument on this. Did that really happen? You all know what? Secondary. Who cares? If it happened, if it didn't happen. What is the word trying to teach me? But we do know it could happen. Come on. It could happen. He is God over all creation. Woe to anyone who says that's not possible. I don't know. He's God. I'm going to bow my knee, and I'm going to lift my heart to be taught. Teach me, God. Bow my pride, and now in humility, teach my heart. So here we go. Pull back if you are accelerating. Come on back. Ease into your comfortable work zone. But you're working, not striving. Right now, hippocampus, your brain, it's happy. It's doing the happy dance. That place accessing where you change, learn information, remember and remember it. It's active right now. New brain cells. Let's fill them with this word. Chapter two, verse one, Jonah in the belly of a fish. See it, think in pictures. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. 
at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Verse 8. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Verse 10. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. This is the word of the Lord. you're like, all right, Jonah, getting it together. Good job, Jonah. Praying to God. Looks like things can go another direction, maybe. But guess what? The more I studied this, the more my eyes are open to see. This isn't a repentant prayer. How do we know that? Jonah is talking about himself over and over. I called out to the Lord. I said, yet I shall. I went down to the land. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. How about the Lord remembered me? Those who pay, uh, I love verse eight. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love are like, yes. I'm thinking, good job, Jonah. You're, you're aware of your idolatry. But he's actually talking about the sailors because he says in verse 9, but I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Accelerate. Shake off self-centeredness. Some of you might say, well, yeah, but God, you know, spit him out of the whale. He did. Remember, God is still about God. Going to get Jonah where he wants him to go. Like it or not, Jonah, you're going. I've chosen you. You're a prophet. Wake up, Jonah. Go. Remember, this book is about God's boundless compassion. Compassion. 
How will they know unless someone is sent? But Jonah's resisting. I want you to remember what I said last week. This time, the Israelites, their king is Jeroboam II. He's not a good king. But Israel is prospering under his wickedness. Jonah is living in comfort. He's not being very active as a prophet. But yet he is. Accelerate. We are God's royal priesthood. Kingly and queenly priest. Pull back. You can try to abdicate that position, but friends, <laughs> it's going to follow you <laughs> until <laughs> you're so miserable in your comfort. You turn and embrace the ministry. Embrace the ministry. Soften your hearts. Breathe. Accelerate. Speed up. Come on. I want a one minute. Go. Pace yourself. You know it's one minute. Scan your body. Relax whatever you can relax. Engage. Focus. Y'all, right now, your body's producing some cortisol and it helps you to focus. Focus. Where are you running? What's the goal? Five seconds, three, two, pull back. Maybe you walk, maybe you stand still. Come on, again, I asked you, are you seeking God's face or his hand? I know I'm talking to you because you're here wanting change why else would you press play on a fitness app come on I see you I'm with you I understand but I can promise you he's better he's better what would it profit you to gain the world and lose your soul what would your life look like whether you were bounding or basing whether well-fed or hungry, whether a size 14 or four, you are content in God and not a lazy, slumbering, torpor, lethargy, just sweet by and by. Heck no. You're awake, willing to become all things to all people so that some might be saved. Accelerate.
15 more seconds, come on, come on. No striving, focus. And actually Paul talks about striving for the prize to receive the crown that God has for him. Pull back. All right, so praise God. Jonah prays to God in his dark moment, in the belly of a fish. Sheol, it's a word for hell. Pits of Sheol, the pits of hell. Listen, Jonah knows I'm, I could die here. So he prays. What a gracious, what a grace of God that he extends to Jonah. Because again, Jonah is not repentant. But he's aware. He's going to praise God. He's going to cry out to God. So you might go, well, Lisa, how do we know he's not repentant? Well, again, I don't fully know, but when you read the words, when you look at the words, compare and contrast to David, David's prayer. We got Jonah's prayer, David's famous prayer in Psalm 51, when he had been busted by Nathan because he had gone into Bathsheba killed Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. Like Jonah, David was blood on his hands. Jonah, he is still, I believe, he's just in a comfort stupor. And so he prays to God. Y'all, how guilty are we of just putting God as our corner man? Like, the God of comfort so that we can stay comfortable. He does not, he's not the God of comfort to keep us comfortable. He's the God of comfort in our afflictions. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions because it's in our sufferings that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Romans eight. 1617. Come on. I am here today to wake you up. Y'all, you need to go where God's going. Life is there. Your life and the lifestyle you were made to live. So Jonah's prayer. Listen to it in contrast to David's prayer. Let me read you a first few verses of Jonah. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. You heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Now, David's prayer. Listen, sin is sin. Jonah was rebelling against God. Y'all, 
sinister. <laughs> Stop measuring it, weighing it, hiding behind someone else's greater sin than your own. Sin is sin. Accelerate. Come on. Give me 30 seconds, then we'll look at David's prayer. Four, three, two, pull back. Ooh, smile. Come on. Ridding ourselves of us. Listen to David's prayer. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. See the difference? Breathe. So did you hear the difference? Once I saw this, I was like, oh man, yes. Hey, good prayer, Jonah. Good job, Jonah. At least you're talking to God, but his heart isn't right. I wonder what it would have happened if Jonah had repented of his comfort and of his pride, his rebellion his sin. Notice in no point does Jonah say, I've sinned against you, God. Now, he's still telling God about himself, what he's done. He's convinced that he'll be back in the holy temple again, back in that place where he has some promise and prestige. <laughs> says in verse 7, for Jonah, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord.
and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Which it's possible to say, you can remember the Lord and not remember yourself to the Lord. See the difference? A remember is just a thought. Oh, I remember God. I remember what God said in his word. Okay, but then there's the remembering yourself. Remember, membership means you belong. When we remember ourselves, we reconnect ourselves. We put ourselves completely, totally back in God, in his body, which he is head over. So you can remember without remembering. And Jonah's just remembered. Oh yeah, this is the time to pray. Good job, Jonah. Because verse 10 says, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out on dry land. Doesn't said, doesn't say, and the Lord forgave Jonah, like we see God doing with David, reestablishing him. If we remember ourselves to God, we get reestablished. But the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. It's a little bit of like God's distaste for Jonah's prayer. But remember, God is about God. The gospel is for you, but not about you. The gospel is for me, but not about me. The more I'm hidden in Christ, (laughs) the more joy, the less vomiting. Come on. And listen, if it offends you, that God would vomit us out. (laughs) You're too focused on you. Get your eyes on God, the most beautiful, eternal, alpha, omega, (laughs) beginning and end, your Father. He wounds to heal everyone. He allows us rebellion so we might return. He will not force us, but he is holy. Holy, holy, holy. And God, I give you permission to vomit me out if my words are in vain. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Say it with me. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope 
of steadfast love. Say it again. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Keep saying it. Jonah 2.8. back <laughs> Jonas talking about sailors kind of saying God remember those people remember remember how bad they were oh yeah Jonah but you almost cost them their lives oh yeah no just remember them their idols or their idolaters but I with a voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you this is why God says your sacrifice of bulls, the blood sacrifices, they're nothing to me. All I've ever wanted is your heart. All he's ever wanted, obedience. Pulling down, obedience. He desires obedience over sacrifice. And all sacrifice does is reveal what we worship, who we worship. This is why I tell you guys, tithe, give. If you do not have a practice of giving, please start. It's a spiritual discipline. You cannot say how great God is and then hold back. And he doesn't ask for everything, just 10%. And that's for those that want to follow the law. Listen, if you want to live under some rules and commands because they make you feel safe, great, give 10%. But I, I love to trump the law. I go beyond it. I've always told you guys, decide in your heart what you want to give, then give a little more. Just to make sure. You're not paying regard to vain idols, which will forsake your hope of a steadfast love. Come on. I am here to tell you, please do not be here trying to get your fit on so that you can fit in. We're not seeking comfort. And get this, all the rest of the wellness world, where they are not talking about Christ, and they're giving you great tips. Great, good tips, thank you. But their whole goal, literally, I read an article, they're trying to escape death. There are people that are convinced that if they time it right, they take care of themselves, that they can escape that next disease and live forever. They actually, there's some who actually believe they'll never die. <laughs> Not us. Are you willing to die? Then you are my friend. 
You cannot threaten me with heaven. You cannot be threatened with eternity. Come on. Now this doesn't mean that we're flippant, sloppy with the sword that we carry. But I am not here for my comfort. I hope you're here for your clarity, that you know that according to God's word, you are the ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation. You are peacemakers. You will be persecuted, but blessed will you be that you will mourn, but he will comfort you. That God is enough for you. Come on. So wellness without Christ, it's just an evacuation program. Puts people to sleep that new age zen they're not feeling anything but not us those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love Take a deep breath. Come on. Get your courage up. There's a grace for that. There's a grace for that courage you need, for that obedience, for that phone call you need to make, for the forgiveness you need to ask for. Saved by grace through faith race take a deep breath so Jonah was trying to get back to comfort as soon as possible that's why he's like but I'll be back shall I again look upon your holy temple I'm driven away from your sight for now, but I'll get back to that holy temple. <laughs> that place of prestige. That place where everything was not this. And I love that David has the same heart for God and his temple. Remember the temple in the Old Testament represented the place where God dwelled, the, the presence of God. And now we, our bodies, don't you know that your body is the temple? of the Holy Spirit. And what David prayed for, we now have. David prayed, this is that I, what I ask, this one thing I seek, that I may look upon your face, gaze upon the beauty of your face all the days of my life. I wanna just be found in your temple. Better is one day 
in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. David just wants to get, get God in him. But since that wasn't a possibility then for David, then he's gonna go to the temple. This is why David builds the temple. He wants to build the temple. And he says, no, God says, no, you're, there's too much blood on your hand, David. Your son will do that. And to this day, we know there's no more beautiful temple ever made than that of Solomon's. And of course it got destroyed because we were never meant to go be, meet with God. God was going to be in us. Jonah's just trying to get back to comfort as soon as possible to get back to that temple where he had status. He was known and secure. Security. Y'all, I'm here to train you. Get comfortable with obscurity rather than security. Obscurity. I know for some of you, Michael, that's fine for you, Elisa, because look, you have a podcast. It, you know, you, we do that weird thing. Don't do that. <laughs> we all have our level of obscurity. And I have to decrease. He has to increase. I hold all of this very loosely. I feel very blessed to get to do this today. I'm blessed. I have a wonderful home. I'm blessed in a marriage that's been redeemed. Talk about the pit of show. The pit. Because God is still faithful. He will bless you. But here's the deal. <laughs> Abounding or basic. Easy come, easy go. Well, not easy come. That was a hard, that was a hard come. But I stayed faithful to him. And I'm not going anywhere. So I've got to get comfortable with obscurity, with tension, with affliction, rather than security. Come on. So David gets, or I'm sorry, Jonah gets spit out on a dry land. And the story will continue next week. God, thank you for this, this honest account of a man who you chose. And he didn't choose you fully in return. God, use your word to convict us. And thank you that you never use your word to condemn us. Raise us up, God. Pull us out of the belly of the whale. And we would be in your will and walking in your ways. Give us your life which is a lifestyle in us. We love you, God, and we thank you for this message. May we be seeking your face and not your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. I won't be shaken. No, I won't.